All right, yes, so we're um, looking forward to the fall semester of life groups kicking off uh, coming up in the coming week. Uh, information in the email uh, newsletter as always. Um, we, this is a way in which we truly follow Jesus together uh, because in reality, being a Jesus follower is not event attendance, right? Um, it's what's going on inside of you and what we see, all the evidence that we see in Scripture is that it's a collective thing. It's something we do together. And so life groups give us that opportunity in uh, following Jesus uh, together. It's, it's very important. So we're going to be um, continuing after talking with a number of folks, the uh, Wednesday and Thursday rhythms of uh, each, each one of those groups having uh, a meeting every other week. Um, on those Wednesday and Thursday nights. And um, if that day and time doesn't work for you, we'd love to hear from you because we'd love to uh, find a way to uh, put one together that does work for you. Uh, we, we tried that um, last year and all the people that couldn't do Wednesday and Thursday also couldn't do the same day and time as each other. So, but but we, we're not giving up. We wanna uh, still do everything we can to find a way that works best for you. Uh, so please, please, if it's something that you've not participated in, Please participate in it. Uh, it will help you. It will strengthen you. It will be a part of your life. And I'd like to say um, in my role in your life that it's more important than most of what you do during the week. So please consider participating in that. I love you, no matter how you feel about what I just said. <laughs> All right. Also coming up uh, this Friday on the 6th, we have a prayer walk opportunity. Uh, we, this church and... Um, this building and most of us as a church family live in Baltimore City Police Northern District. And the Northern District has a commander right now, Major Johnson, who is a Jesus follower and has a Jesus-centered vision for our district. And she's gathering believers um, to do a prayer walk. We're gonna start at the YMCA, which is a couple blocks into the Northeastern, but to then walk down to 33rd and Greenmount and then north on Greenmount, past where it becomes York Road, to that 5700 block of York Road, where we have a, a friend uh, who pastors a church right there on that block. Now, that is a two-mile walk, so if you consider participating in this, you can participate in the beginning part, if that's too far, or you can also meet up um, at the, there's a, a family dollar parking lot in that general area on York Road, um, York Road Partnership and Midgovens folks do a lot of stuff. So please consider uh, participating in that. Um, one of the things that I believe is God's will for us is to participate in things that we didn't start. And I think that's the only way forward for the kingdom of God of Baltimore City, that we walk in that gracious humility. So uh, please uh, consider that. It's a great opportunity, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for civic servants that are Jesus followers and that, that love our neighborhoods and, and truly care about what's, what's best for everyone. God so loved you so loved the world that he sent Jesus Christ who fulfilled the prediction and had a, was birthed by a miracle be both completely divine and completely human lived a blameless, a guilt-free human life 
was the only one, the perfect one that could make sacrifice. He took our sins, our mistakes, our wrongs on himself in punishment on the cross. Falsely accused, publicly shamed, beaten, tortured, killed by professionals, buried. And on the morning of the third day, God proved that he accepted this payment for your sin by raising Christ from the dead. The Messiah, the Savior King, the sent one. That has changed my life. I've had a life-changing interaction with Jesus the Savior. It is completely new, transformative. But there is no one who deserves my praise, my thanksgiving, more than God. And that is true no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what's going on, no matter what my circumstances, something spiritual has happened in me, and God is still worthy of my love. That I would love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I woke up feeling miserable this morning in my body. But it doesn't matter when I make a decision to praise God. Because there's this spiritual realization that's happened in me that no matter what, happens in my physical body today, God has done a miracle in me. Jesus asked, which is the greater miracle, that I raise this man who couldn't walk to be able to walk or forgive his sins? That's salvation. That is, when Jesus revealed his identity, he quoted the prophecy in Isaiah 61, which references that salvation in saying that there would be an exchange an exchange of a spirit of heaviness with garments of praise. Two weeks ago, Rebecca talked about this wholehearted devotion. This is what, what God calls for. God does, God gives love freely and calls for this wholehearted love from us. Rebecca talked about this wholehearted devotion in response to what we talked about in the previous weeks, that God is almighty, all-powerful. God is perfect in power and perfect in knowledge. He's worthy of praise. No one knows more. No one can do more than the living God. And our wholehearted devotion is what is called for. And last Sunday we heard about some of the principles that we learned from David about worship. All of Scripture is inspired by God and so it's relevant to everyone. It's relevant to everyone. Not just the people who like music. Not just the people who think they could sing in front of Simon Cowell. 
that, that Scripture is actually relevant to everyone. And so today I want to just kind of turn our attention when we think about this wholehearted devotion and what really should be happening on the inside of me and, and what is, I think, not often completely understood about our weekly gathering. The Christ didn't play guitar for you to warm you up. It's an opportunity for us to have a collective experience and an interaction with God. Jesus liked referencing himself as the son of David. And we heard a couple of weeks ago about David being a man after God's heart. His heart rhythm was in sync with God. So I want to just look at four in the next 15 minutes. Four lessons that David learned about worship. And even more specifically about worship music. Four truths David learned. Well, first, he learned that his heart connected to the Lord when he sang. There was an interaction. There was something, there was a connectedness that that was happening between he and God. Watch this, Psalm 4, which is referenced as a song to sing at night. Answer me when I pray to you, my God who does what is right. Make things easier for me when I am in trouble. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Selah, which means sing these words. Now think about it. Pause to think about it before you sing the next line. Hear my prayer. It's a call. I'm calling on God to interact with me. You know that the Lord has chosen for himself those who are loyal to him. There's relational attachment. And it's a shift in this sentence to talking about this is something that I've learned. The Lord listens when I pray to him. Psalms 4 goes on with this theme. God, hear, and this is uh, this next one, Psalm 61, 1 through 5. God, hear my cry. Listen to my prayer. I call to you from the ends of the earth when I'm afraid. Carry me away to a high mountain. You have been my protection like a strong tower against my enemies. Let me live in your holy tent forever. Two weeks from now, we're going to talk more about what that means. Let me find safety in the shelter of your wings. Selah. Close personal interaction. Attachment results in the relationship. God, you've heard my promises. There's a shift. God, hear me. There's a pause and a realization. God has heard me. God, you've heard my promises. You've given me what belongs to those who fear you. There's a recollection of what good God has done, even though it's standing in the place of of need. And this again is a song written for everyone to sing. And we we even in the last song we sang today, have it all, Lord. You can have it all. Every part of my world. Take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. There's something, there's an interaction. David learned there's a connection. When I sing. Worship to God, there's a connection that happens. The second truth that David learned is that he learned he could process pain and loss 
And his heart was lifted as he played this worship music and as he sang. So he learned that when I worship, there is this result. Something happens in the presence of God. Something happens in the presence of God. Watch this now. Psalm 6, verses 6 through 9. Psalm 6 is, is listed as a prayer for mercy in troubled times. I'm tired of crying to you. Does that sound real? This is written out of his experience, out of his heart, but also for everybody to sing. I'm tired of crying to you. Every night my bed is wet with tears. My bed is soaked from my crying. My eyes are weak from so much crying. They are weak from crying. I wonder what emails I would get if we sang this on a Sunday. <laughs> there's pain, there's anguish. Get away from me, all you who do evil, because the Lord has heard my crying. That's noting that God has responded. The Lord has heard my cry for help. The Lord will answer my prayer. There's a processing. There's a marking where God has, something has happened in the presence of God for him to write the song like this. Now look at Psalm 25. My eyes are always looking to the Lord for help. He will keep me from any traps. Turn to me and have mercy on me because I am lonely and hurting. God, I'm lonely and hurting. Have you ever felt that way? Paul felt that way. Paul, Paul, even in times of successful ministry, wrote that he felt that way. I'm lonely and I'm hurting. My troubles have grown larger. Free me from my problems. This is not about coming together with the believers. This is a song for believers to sing together. To pretend like everything's okay. No, psalmic worship notes what is messed up and where we are in pain and what is going on. And it doesn't pretend when problems have increased. My troubles have grown larger. Free me from my problems. Psalm 25. Look at my suffering and my troubles. Take away all my sins. Look at how many enemies I have. See how much they hate me. Protect me. Save me. I trust you. So do not let me be disgraced. My hope is in you. So may goodness and honesty guard me. God, save Israel from all their troubles. It is not only a recognition of my own problems, but also the problems of the whole community of faith socioeconomic problems. A great place for us to focus in the next couple of weeks, Psalm 43, watch this. God, defend me. Argue my case against those who don't follow you. Save me from liars and those who do evil. God, you are my strength. Why have you rejected me? Why am I sad and troubled by my enemies? Send me your light and truth to guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to where you live. Then I will go to the altar of God. Now watch this, just referencing worship that's been done in private 
and then taking that into worship that is done in public together. That's what's being referenced. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God who is my joy and happiness. Listen, the human condition includes that on the same day, even in the same moment, we can carry different emotions that may even seem in opposition. It's a part of the human experience. You're singing about suffering and saying, God, you are my joy and my happiness. I will praise you with a harp. I'm going to play music, God. My God. And then in the same breath, why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? There's a phrase you get in the Old English translations a lot. Why is my soul downcast? I'm looking down. I'm feeling down. But this question is a part of processing. And I've found that it's really easy to fill your life with so much activity that you don't have time to think. Anyone? Anyone ever done that? You fill your life so much you don't have time to feel. I don't have time for that. That's actually not the kind of Christianity that the Bible talks about. But instead, if we are going to learn lessons from David, we've got to learn to take time in the presence of God to say, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And bring it to God. And when we are hurt, when we are disappointed, discouraged, angry, it's, you might fall into the trap of thinking that being a person of faith is stuffing it down. No, the example that we see to learn from, which is relevant truth to all of us, is to process it in the presence of God. Yeah. Why? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And then to interact with God in it. And what David found was that in worship he could process pain. Now please understand, I'm not negating uh, therapy, counseling, other forms of processing. But I think we might be more knowledgeable on that than we are on this. That singing in private, singing, all y'all, singing in private and when we're together is a way to process pain in the relationship with God. We sang at the very beginning today, the song Joy. It starts with, there's beauty in my brokenness. God's given me joy, right? We can process pain. Now we come to a weird story. David learned that evil spirits departed when he played worship music. I'm going to go to the context and remember that God had set up a system of priests and administrative leaders for the people. They kept rejecting God, turning their hearts away from God, disobeying God. And then in their rebellion, they asked God to give them kings like their neighboring idolatrous nations. Asking for a king was a part of their rebellion. So God said, all right, 
And God brings Saul into the equation. And Saul has a complicated story. Saul has a story of contradiction. Saul has a story where he prophesies, where he has a heart towards God, and where he turns away from God, where he turns to witches. And we come to this story where Saul's staff noticed that the Spirit of God had been on Saul and then left, and then an evil spirit was on Saul. Watch this. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And we're not given an explanation if God allows us to come to try to bring Saul to repentance of his own sin, or if it is to punish him. We don't know. But either way, there's this thing that's noted. There was the Spirit of God here, and now there's an evil spirit here on Saul. And Saul's servant said to him, Behold now, talking to Saul, a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now, talking about the king, command us, your servants, who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the liar. We know from other literature outside the Bible that it was a common belief at this time in this part of the world that playing a stringed instrument could free people from evil spirits. When the harmful spirit of God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, so fast forward in the story that we get from 1 Samuel 16, they go and they find David, who's got a heart after God, who's skillful with the harp, and who's already showing this gifting, right? They bring David in. It says, when David took the lyre and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. David learned a principle, a truth, that worship music... To usher in the presence of God. God, remember, God is everywhere all the time, right? But that, 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 that what is happening in the room would change. And that the effect of an evil spirit would go. Have you ever noticed that music can have an influence on you? What you listen to all the time, can, it can affect you. I remember when I was a, a teenage skater punk and listening to punk music. Been othered by many people and had angst, anger just like anybody else. But then when other skate punks brought in music that was beyond punk and really filled with hate and in fact white supremacist punk. I remember the first time it was turned on and I was, and listen, I was not in a place of walking with God, but I said, whoa, that, something's different. That's got a spirit that I don't want. Music has an influence on you. And it's really helpful to periodically stop fast anything that you're listening to other than worship music and then seek the Lord at the end of the fast and say, what influence is this having on me? we got to keep going. So David learned his heart connected to the Lord when he sang. He learned that he could process pain and loss. And his heart was lifted as he played and sang. He learned that evil spirits departed when he played. Um, he also learned that when he played in celebration, it released a new level of joy and rejoicing. 
He learned that when we made a decision to celebrate God, to praise God, that it released from inside him and inside others joy and celebration. That there is this connection between making a decision to do something and the thing happening. Does that make sense? So watch this, Psalm 27, verse 6. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. I've got problems, but I'm going to let the Lord be the lifter of my head. I'm choosing to lift my head. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, and praising the Lord with music. We're going to talk about this more in the future. A sacrifice of praise, there is a decision. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm making a decision. If it's a sacrifice, that means it costs you something. Right. And a part of that means that at some point, you don't feel like it. Yeah. I didn't feel like getting out of bed today. There is a decision. I'm making a decision. There's a sacrifice. David will say, God, I'm not going to give you that which costs me nothing. And then what, what it says here is, I will offer sacrifices, singing and praising the Lord with music. Psalm 89, 15. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. There is a result. There is something that happens in the presence of God. You remember me saying the presence of God is the game changer. David learned that when we praise God, something happens. It's an invitation to participation. 2 Samuel 6, chapter 12 through 15. Then King David was told. Sorry. King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household. This is where the Ark of the Covenant, Justin referenced last week and did a great job of teaching through our notes. And everything he has is because of the Ark of God, right? They're trying to, the Ark of the Covenant had been taken away when they were punished for their sins. And this is a part of a restoration process for the place of worship. A place where God would live among them. So David went there, brought the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. It's a sacrifice of worship. David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment, royalty and priesthood together. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing ram's horns. What happened? David was giving a sacrifice of praise and what was released from all the people was an increase of it. Because I'm happy. <laughs> we sang joy today. We sang gratitude. We sang reason to praise. We choose songs that help us release praise. Something happens in the presence of God. Now, I need to just close with some clarifications because there's so many opinions on this. And I've noticed over the last few years, there's more people watching videos about what churches should and shouldn't do. There's so many things to discuss. Well, let's look at this. Was the something that happened inside David, David's focus when he chose to pray? No. Something happening in the presence of God is not the focus. 
Our focus is not this experience. The experience is a benefit, but it's not the focus. And sure, we can get drawn into a, a, a wrong priority. And if I don't get the good vibes, then why am I going? So wrong focus. David, David, when he starts out, that's not his focus. But if you pay attention to what he writes over the decades, he is looking for something to happen. But what you see in the songs is that progressively that becomes less and less of his focus. As he matures spiritually, more and more of his focus is God. So what we are not saying is that happy is the only way to worship. What we are not saying is that loud is more spiritual. I mean, I like loud, I'm loud. What we are not saying is that expressive worship earns favor with God. No, 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 God had already given him all his favor. We don't do this, we don't make a sacrifice of praise, we don't lift our voices with singing and with shouting and with clapping. We don't do those things so God will love us more. No, that's other religions. No, no, it's a thank you. God has already given the full amount of his love. And he does love it when we worship. There's a love interaction that is happening. But it's not earning favor or to get more. What we are saying is that it's our heartfelt choice to thank God through voices and raised hands. I want to remind you, Simon Cowell isn't in here to listen to your singing. It breaks my heart when some people don't sing because they don't want to be heard because they're insecure about their voice. Oh, I'm not a singer. Yeah, you're not professional, but if you are a Jesus follower, you are a worshiper. And you're called to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the scripture gives us clear directives to sing. So you are a singer. And we might be worried about hypocrisy. So stay with me as we close on this. I've felt this way before. You come into a worship service like, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it. That's the moment to have an interaction with God. Before you sing, you did the hard part. You got yourself here. Or you set aside time in private. I'm not feeling it. Interact with God. Say, God, I love you. And this is what I'm feeling, not feeling. Process it. Ask God, is there anything in the way of my relationship with you? What's in the way? See, the the Holy Spirit, the rivers of living water bubbling up within us, we get this analogy of our spirits being a well. And we get rocks in the well. Or roots grow into the well. We get clogged up. We get, it, the water gets stained. Have a moment. And in God's presence, is there anything in the way? 
unexpressed, unresolved anger, discouragement, pain. The, the worship moment is for this. David processed pain in worship and wrote songs under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that were given to everybody then and that Jesus' followers in the synagogues and in the public worship as the New Testament church grew, they did this, they followed these principles that they had learned, they would process pain. So in that moment, say, God, I'm not feeling it. What's in the way? Let the Holy Spirit tell you. If you've made a mistake, confess it and freely receive the forgiveness because it's not up to you. And it's already been accomplished. Salvation is already complete. It's already done. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So in the moment, in this place, in your private space, God, I'm not feeling it. Be honest. God, this is what I'm feeling. And then don't focus on your feelings. Let God process them, bring them to him, and then choose to praise. You've expressed it, so it's not hypocrisy. And frankly, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter. You may have told someone right as you were walking in, I'm angry at God for blah, 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 blah. And then you raise your hands. It doesn't matter that they would think, what's up with them? I thought they were blah, blah, blah. It's between you and God. That's the priority. You can go back later and tell them what changed. But if we have a biblical understanding of how this works and what it means between us, then we should be able to freely just love God with all we've got. Wholehearted devotion. Thank you, God. I love you with the best of my energy. I love you with the best of my energy. And something happens in the presence. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you speak to us through your word. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for grace. I thank you that your Holy Spirit can lead us in what you're saying. Because you are life-giving. Help us to learn from this. Help us to grow in this. Help us to practice this privately together and, and privately and when we get together. Help us to grow in this heartfelt love and worship of you. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Boy, we love you. We're so thankful for each of you. And we're thankful Rebecca's parents, Larry and Carolyn, are with us today. They're going to be with us uh, next Sunday as well. So please uh, greet them. Hey, grace and peace to you. Have a great week.